The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The advice given on this show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended as investment advice. Please consult a financial advisor before undertaking any investment decisions. While the show's producers have tried to provide accurate and timely information and have relied on sources they believe to be reliable, the show may include inadvertent technical or factual inaccuracies. Ken Smith and Ethan Broga do not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the materials provided and expressly disclaim any warranties or merchantability or fitness for a particular purpose. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon and welcome to Empirical Investing Radio. I'm Ken Smith, Certified Financial Planner with a Master's Degree in Financial Analyst. And I have my co-host, Ethan Broga, also a certified financial planner with a master's degree in financial planning. Combined, we've got, uh, I don't know, close to 30 years of experience helping investors make smart financial planning and investment decisions. The purpose of this show is to help you make a lifetime of smart financial decisions. Ethan, welcome to the show. Hey, Ken. How's it going today? Excellent. Excellent as usual. Great. Well, today I think Ethan, we're gonna we're gonna dive into some of the uh, nitty gritty of building a portfolio, and this is exciting stuff because um, thus far we've talked a lot about concepts, um, but we haven't really shared much about it, the actual how do you build, how do we get into constructing portfolios. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna talk a little bit about stocks and uh, how you can approach that element of your portfolio, and a little bit about bonds. We'll get as far as we can, talking about the strategies that um, that we use for our, our clients. Sounds good. And uh, before we do that, though, let's uh, let's give out our information and uh, maybe get us a little little uh, refresher on what we do to help individual investors and what we're looking for for financial advisors out there. That sounds good. Um, maybe first, let's start off with um, reiterating our, our previous offers about doing. Uh, portfolio reviews for for individuals. If you'd like us to have us uh, review your portfolio and, and help guide some suggestions on how to structure your portfolio, feel free, feel free to give us a call. Or you can also reach us at uh, contact at empiradio.com. And our 800 number is 800-254-0398. And maybe we'll just touch base briefly about the advisors uh, offering that we're, we're, yeah. we've created here. Uh, just as a reminder, we're, we're, we are looking to, to partner with uh, investment professionals from across the country. Um, we're looking for experienced advisors who want to spend uh, time servicing their clients well, and as we have embraced the fiduciary standard that, that we adhere to. Um, 
But what we're offering is, in essence, is is uh, uh, a way to provide the infrastructure to help you run your business efficiently. You know, we've spent a lot of time over the last decade or so um, working on our business here, and we have a very good system in place that I think would be uh, uh, help you and enable you rather to to work and service your clients very well. Nathan, there's a uh, a study that we cite sometimes, and um, we start certain presentations with it from a company called Dalbar. Mm, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I have the data right here in front of me. I was just flipping through a new book I got, and um, it's a pretty popular study to cite. And it's one that really confirms our view that most, and when I say most, I don't mean 51%. I, I think that it's closer to 90% plus uh, of us as individuals if we're not dedicated to to this industry as prof- you know, Mm-hmm. Even if we have the knowledge, you know, I know when I retire, I'm going to have someone at our firm manage my money and right, financial do. planning and guide that process. And I certainly want my family to get help if I'm not around. Right. Um, so it's our belief that that a very large portion of people should be working and getting financial advice. And you've talked to Ethan about the need to make sure that financial advice is coming from the right place. Um, the the which we believe is someone who's in a fiduciary capacity, which means you got to put your client's interest at the front of the decision making process. Right, when you're exactly. making recommendations. You're, you're doing it from the perspective of what's best for the client in this situation, and what what list of possible recommendations are going to give them the be- the, gra- the greatest value. Mm-hmm. Um, right, and then we believe that a fee fee only type of arrangement where there's no compensation from products or those types of things. And the compensation is, is really compensating the advisor for their time or for the assets that they're managing. But still not maybe a perfect model in the world of what we're striving for to be perfect in this, but mm-hmm. um, it's it's the best model that we're aware of out there. Yep. Um, one that separates you know, the, the idea of selling things or investments or ideas or concepts from that commission scenario. So the Dalbar study, Ethan, I have a tendency to take the long road to get to the point. <laughs> but that Dalbar study is something they where they look at individual investor performance and they look into, um, you know, the trading that investors are doing at, at brokerage companies buying and selling of mutual funds is an example and they get an idea of what average investors have been able to to do with it. they calculated the returns and uh Dalbar, from january 1 of 1990 through december 31st of 2009 it's a mm-hmm. pretty good chunk of time about 20 years there right the s&p 500 index did about 8.2 percent per year mm-hmm the average stock fund investor during that period of time averaged 3.17%. Wow. So if that, that means that these are individuals who are investing as a group in stocks. Um, and we've talked on the show about the arithmetic of the stock market, right? Mm-hmm. That all of us that are participating in it, when, we add, when we're all accounted for, we get, we get the market return. So if it's we're all investing in the large company stocks in the United States, the S&P 500 index, we're all getting that 8.2. So if the average individual investor is getting 3.1, it means they're losing returns that um, someone else is picking up. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's likely that it's professionals 
Um, now, as an average professional group, they all get what the stock market does typically, but they may be taking some returns away from average investors. And uh, it's become more and more difficult for the average person out there uh, to to beat the stock market on their own volition. Mm-hmm. So 3.17, uh, just to put that in perspective, over that 20-year period, inflation was 2.8%, Ethan. So they just barely, they took all the risk of being in the stock market. And think about that for a moment. The risk of being in the stock market. Well, what did the S&P drop in this last downturn here in the, with the financial crisis? Somewhere around 47% or something from peak to bottom. Right. Um, and through the technology bubble, 2000, 2001, and two, um, it dropped somewhere plus 30 plus percent, right, from top to bottom. It was 45% actually back then, top to bottom. Yeah, for the calendar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Top to bottom, and so you know, you're you're including some pretty, pretty rough times there. You take that risk, experience that volatility. When you just owned a market portfolio, you would have gotten eight eight point two percent. I mean, literally over two times, right? And barely eke out inflation. And then when you when you look at and people say, "Geez, I, why would I hire a, any kind of an advisor if I'm going to pick bonds?" Let's talk about bonds for a second. Um, you know, why would you do that, Ethan? A guy like you, you're a pretty bright individual. <laughs> you know, you're as cold as ice under pressure. <laughs> but why? Why would you do that? Um, well, you know, the average bond investor averaged 1.02 percent a year over that 20-year period. Right. Um, again, some investors in that group would have done better, some worse, but the average of the group, and we all think we're above average, by the way. Yeah, I was going right. to talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second and some of the behavioral studies that, that, that prove that we tend to be overconfident as investors. Significantly overconfident. Significantly. It's not even just a little bit. No, no. So that's, not, that's good in some situations. It's just not good when you're managing your own money. Agreed. Uh, so what did the, the bond market index, the Barclays U.S. Aggregate Bond Index, do for this 20-year period? Venture to take a guess, Ethan? Uh, somewhere around 7%. Oh, you got it right. Oh, that's lucky. I don't know. Did you see this already? Well, I, did, I, did have, I do have LASIK. <laughs> I had LASIK oh, yeah. a couple of years ago. So. Okay, because I'm, I'm at least a good four feet away. Uh, yeah, 7.01%. Right. And uh, the average bond investor did 1.02. Yeah. And that's just a travesty, I, I, at least from my view, when... Our saying is you deserve capital market returns. Mm-hmm. We say capital markets, those are the investment. If, if returns of the investment markets, whether it's bonds or stocks, can be had in a very diversified way, right. you deserve at least that. And then it's what can I do to these basic portfolios to uh, try to improve my results or mm-hmm. reduce my risk? And that's what we want to talk about. That's why we believe that, you know, and this is part of today's topic of how to build these portfolios, but also leading in as to advisors that we're looking for out there uh, that we want to connect. We want people who understand that clients don't need to be sold products. What they need is guidance and discipline, Mm -hmm. and they need someone to do the right thing for them. And if you're an investor, that's what you need out of an advisor. You may think you know how to invest in the stock market. There are a lot of really, really bright people who think they know that. But the results tend to not be there. And most individuals don't track their own performance. That's another major psychological issue that we face is we don't tend to grade ourselves accurately. 
Yeah, the yardstick issue, as I call it. Yeah, tell us about the yardstick. Well, what what yardstick are you using to measure how long the yard is, right? Right. If your ruler really is only is you know, 20 feet long or something, and you're measuring a yard, well, you're going to come up with different results. So you need, basically, it means you need to be honest with yourself when you're you're assessing it. But the problem is, it's really difficult to do. It's not an easy not an easy thing to calculate your own performance. You know, it's not not easy. So therefore, it's easy to be misled and assume things are going okay. Because most people don't actually take the time to do it. Right. We tend to, one, we don't tend to take the time to do it. Two, you know, we don't want to feel like a, a, a jackass, you know, basically. <laughs> right. um, so what we tend to do is, hey, why, why would we scrutinize ourselves and make ourselves feel bad? So we tend to downplay the bad decisions. Because that would require you make a change. Right. And, if, you know, if you're comfortable with where you're at and you're comfortable kind of pulling the wool over your own eyes in a sense... Why change that? Put, scru- put that under scrutiny. Right. It's a different set of behavioral characteristics that apply when, when investors do have professionals involved. Oh, hey, hang on a second. Simon's waving oh, his whoa, hands here. What? Oh, no. Oh. Is that not right? We have one minute we, left? We got a minute. Let's, oh, okay. Let's stay calm. We have 60 seconds until I'll break. So it's a different set of uh, a rules, typically. And we share this information because once you realize the behavioral characteristics, it's only then... You know, if you're an alcoholic, it's only when you acknowledge that you are yeah. that you can start to make progress. Exactly and right. It's not that we want to make anyone feel bad or dumb or it's not the point. Um, down on themselves, but why why wouldn't we face reality? Because the quicker we do that, the quicker the results, I believe, we'll see in these dial bar studies will, will, will improve. Right. And yeah, that, the first step to, to addressing the problem is, is admitting there is a problem, right? And so if you, you know in your heart of hearts, that you're really not paying the attention that your portfolio deserves to the portfolio, then you really should be doing something different. Even if you have the, the capability, you know, the knowledge and the experience to do it yourself, most people simply don't have the time. I like your style. And we've got to take a break. We've got uh, a lot of cool stuff to talk about, so we'll be right back. Thank you. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. The incidence of autism has increased at an alarming rate. Approximately 1 in 150 children are affected by autism, giving autism the undesired ranking as the most prevalent childhood developmental disorder in the U.S. 67 children will be diagnosed today. That is nearly one child every 20 minutes. Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymedica, hosted by Terry Aranga, illuminates how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. 
autism is treatable and given appropriate therapies, children are recovering. With well-known researchers and doctors, members of Congress, and expert service providers from a wide range of disciplines, Terry offers interviews and insights highlighting the progress in areas related to autism spectrum disorders such as biomedical research and treatment, communication, education, and behavioral modalities, sociological and philosophical issues, and legislative advocacy and insurance concerns. Autism One, a conversation of hope, broadcasts each Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Autism One, a conversation of hope. Through education and conversation, there is hope. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat show with Dr. Pat Basile, radio to thrive by. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay, Ethan. Welcome back, everyone. We're back. Let's not waste time. We've There's money... There's money to be made out there in the markets, <laughs> and we need to get to it. <laughs> All right. All right, Ethan. Well, we were, uh, we were at the, before the break talking about the results of the average investor and how they've been significantly, uh, significantly lower than the returns of general stock and bond market indexes. Right. And uh, in today's show, we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, how we construct portfolios. Mm-hmm. Um, so, maybe before we get to that, yeah, maybe we can talk just to sort of wrap that conversation up. Sure, um, let's not put you, the cart before the horse, my friend. Mind. I was thinking. I mean, you know, we talked a bit uh, right before the break a, a bit about, um, you know, if you don't have the time and interest, that sort of thing, and, and to manage your portfolio effectively. So, but in looking at this portfolio, looking at this study rather, and the low returns that the average investors have been getting. Uh, you know, Mike always has pointed out, Mike is one of the other lead advisors in our office here in Seattle, mm-hmm. always pointed out, most people don't think that they're average. So by saying that, it doesn't really change people's view. People just assume that, oh, oh, average doesn't really apply to me. You know, if we all took a poll here and talked about average people who think they're above average drivers, for example, you know, 80% of the people would say they're above average drivers. That's true. So in this scenario, most, even though we see the study, and the study is impartial, right? It doesn't, it's not trying to it's just taking an evaluation of what's going on and what's what's occurred here, and but most people would not say yes, I am that average investor they're talking about. Right. So it's sort of like, hey, really, we're all we all are, are pretty average investors, in, in essence, right? So what 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 what's the reason why they've gotten lower returns? I mean, is it because of like what's the issue? Is it a, t- a timing issue? Um, do they have not have the right skills involved? They're picking the wrong types of securities, or is it? You know, what, are, what, are all, what are all the things that make up that number? 
Well, there's, you know, when you, this, I give you my view of, of this in that over my career, over the 15 years, that all I've been doing is this, is what I see investors do and I've how I've seen that translate into poor results. And and I'm sure Dalbar and the group, they have their explanations. We um, also see it in some of the studies on tracking where money cash flows are going in and out of investments and at what time periods are mm-hmm, occurring. Mm-hmm. And what you notice and what you, d- you tend to see is that investors like to chase returns. Right. They like it when something has done incredibly well. That's where they want to be. Um, and when things are doing very poorly, they have a tendency to pick that out in a portfolio. So we had we had Harry Markowitz, Nobel Prize winner, on our radio program and the show's archive. But he won a Nobel Prize for this notion of you want to examine everything in your portfolio, not individually, but as it fits as a whole group, as if it was one moving breathing entity mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so in in that where i think it caught up into making bad mistakes is they tend to look at each individual component of their portfolio right and they say well this particular area here is not doing well you know it hasn't done well since i bought it and their definition of long term sometimes is not the same as how we would define long term it might be i've owned this for 6 months Mm-hmm. Um, I've owned this for a year or two years, and it hasn't done very well. So I need to get rid of that and buy more of what's doing well. Right. And w- there's an emotional cycle that's documented that you go through. You go through this period of optimism when markets are doing well and ultimately peaks at this this point of elation where you're just elated with how things are going. And that tends to be the time when the investments that have done that very well have the lowest expected return going forward in the future. Yeah, what, so you, you mean that they've, they've done so well for so long that really they're at a price where the future expectations for, for uh, performance is lower now. That's right. In, in, in a rational world. Mm-hmm. I mean, emotionally we're thinking, oh, this is going to go on forever. Right. Otherwise we, we would sell. Right. But rationally speaking, that isn't how things work. Things don't go in one direction only. No. Like the price of, like, for example, tech stocks in the late 90s. They, they obviously went up to a, a peak, and everybody was super jubilant <laughs> when that was going on. And when you have an experience, and, and psychologists and scientists who've studied this, it doesn't take us very many of these experiences to begin to predict trends. And so if it was a series of coin flips, um, we begin to, to de- detect patterns very quickly and make assumptions and start changing our behavior based on those very small numbers. And in cases, uh, experiments done, it was within less than five coin flips that if they noticed a certain pattern, they would they would start to change their bets on a just a simple head and head and tail kind of coin flip betting system. And of course, the point is that in the coin flip example, the, the pattern is illusionary. It isn't real. No, it's, you, it's in your head. No, we we had a physicist Leonard Miladnov, yeah. right from Caltech on. He talked about this that in the law of large numbers and statistics that you will see odd patterns, what seems to be odd patterns or strings. Um, so if we were flipping in, in a series of 10,000 coin flips, right, Ethan, we, we, we would see strings where we see maybe 10, 20 heads in a row on yeah. occasion. And he said the oddity is when you don't find that in the data, right? not when you do. Yes. But for most of us, when we apply that to our investment life... <clears throat> we, see, we see a pattern and then we act on it. 
We see a pattern and we act on it. And as that pattern confirms itself in a very short period, so using your tech stock analogy, hey, as, as tech stocks were were going up and up, and it was really what less than a ten year period of time that you had this these phenomenal returns. Yeah, right, right. Late nineties. The perceived risk was lower and lower. It was, hey, this is going to go on indefinitely. There's no way to lose in these things. Right. Why would I own an international investment or a, a value style investment? Right. Why would I own something called a bond or a fixed income product? Right. That's nonsense. If you can't get me 20 to 30 plus percent a year, I don't want to talk to you. Right. Um, those were the kinds of people walking into the office of the firm that I was you know, working at back then. At the time, yeah. Um, and so this elation, as the market begins to reverse the trend, uh, you become nervous. And as it continues to go on till the market hits a bottom, uh, or in a particular investment, it moves from being nervous to being frightened. It's usually at that point where that where that investment has going forward the highest expected return, but that's when investors tend to want to get out. So you're saying when prices are low relative to itself, uh, the future return actually is ex- expected return anyway is higher at that point. That's right. So we're, we're inclined to do the opposite of what we need to be doing. You know, we want right. to as investors we want to want to buy low and sell high, but in this Example, all too often we end up buying high and selling low. We do. Simply because our emotions get in the way. That's right. So at at the time of market peaks, if it's stocks we're talking about, because there are any type of asset. I mean, hundreds of years ago, it was tulip bulbs in Holland that were bubbling and peaking, and people couldn't buy them fast enough till they collapsed and crashed. Right. Um, so you have... Um, you have very bright people throughout history who who have lost fortunes because of their emotions, not because they weren't smart, but because they got swept up into the euphoria mm-hmm. of fear and greed. Yeah, you know, I have one more thing to add. I, I think. Wow. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. We have time for this, of course. <laughs> All right, it's no, your show. I, I was just going to say, if you don't have a, a real thorough understanding as to the economic reason why you should own something, uh-huh. you know, you, you don't, you're not anchored, not grounded in in. The, the research or the, the thorough understanding of why something works the way that it does, you really are less likely to stick with that strategy. In other words, the strategy you pick itself may be fleeting. Mm-hmm. You, may not, you may give up on your strategy too soon if you don't have, have a thorough understanding as to why, it's work, why it works the way that it does, which, right. can, which would then lead you to making um, less than ideal decisions, you know, causing you to abandon that strategy perhaps when prices collapse. Oh, so, that didn't work out. I needed to do something different. If if you've been educated as to the fact of how patterns work in our coin example, would you'd be less likely to begin changing your bets around because you've only seen four or five flips, right, than, than if you didn't have that knowledge. Right. It's basically what I'm getting yeah. at. So once you understand the game mm-hmm. and you move yourself into the rational side, you're less likely to make these heat-of-the-moment emotional decisions. But it's very difficult for even, again, for even very, very bright people who know a lot about investments to do that when, it, when it's their own money they're dealing with. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's the part where I think the greatest, it gets glossed over in this, in this world of selling hot investments. And, you know, the, what, what is an advisor supposed to do for me? Why do I have a financial planner? And everyone's so busy tripping on themselves to talk about how their investment is much better than the next guy's. They, my experience is that they tend to forget 
what the real value is. And it's, geez, you, you got investors out here who are earning, have earned 1% um, in, in a bond strategy instead of 7 on on the index or 3% instead of 8 mm-hmm. um, I really don't want to hear about, this is my view, the fact that you've got some strategy that for some very short period of time happened to beat the market. That's not the issue that investors are really facing out there. Um, you know what I'm you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so. Um, so, anywho, the the greatest value here is that you need somebody to keep you disciplined and keep you on track. All right. It's, even if you have you, you have done all the research, you've you've been investing for thirty years, and you know how investing works. If no other value is being added, having somebody to check your emotions for you before you make investment decisions is an enormous value. Right. Well, Ethan, we've got about 30 seconds here. Um, again, before we go into break, I'd like to invite you to give us a call. The number here at Empirical, we're in Seattle, Washington. Is You can reach us at 1-800-923-4307. And what we're offering individuals right now is we'll be happy to take a look at your portfolio and uh, kind of give you a free retirement checkup. And uh, you'll get to see a little bit about the types of of investments we'd use and how we'd structure that portfolio to get you where you need to go. We'll be right back. We'll get back to our discussion. Thanks. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor, or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Never be satisfied. Let that be a lesson you take away from Double Time with Double D, featuring businessman and former NFL star Dave Duerson. We'll talk about the NFL with special focuses on the game itself, and Double D will take your calls and answer your emails live on the show. It's not Football 101, but rather an in-depth look in the locker room, on the field, away from the field, and opening up the mind of the player. The program will also feature positive messages. So tune in to Double Time with Double D, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. There's a course offered on 7th Wave Network that you never saw offered in college. One that provides information on how to transform ancient wisdom teachings into everyday life. You'll learn how to create from your spirit and explore the world with all of your senses. Participation is encouraged. Enroll in Spirituality 101, the course you can't afford to miss with your host, Reverend Norma. 
Class is in session every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, in your favorite classroom, 7th Wave Network. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right. We are back from the break. All righty then. Uh, we were just finishing up our conversation about, um, you know, individual investors and average return of individual investors versus just some uh, simple index portfolios over the last two decades. Um, Ken, do we have any more about that that we want to get into before we move on to our next topic? Uh, you, you know, we were we were just chatting about the discipline and the, the reason um, you really, we believe that you need some help. Right. And don't fool yourself. I mean, there's there's value, there's price, and, the, and there's cost. Yep. There's this value concept that, you know, um, we I was saying, hey, I, over the 15 years that I've been doing this, I've seen people make huge mistakes that would pay, in in one year, the mistakes that they made would pay two lifetimes of, of good, ad, the fees for good advice right. from a firm like us, mm-hmm. as an example, as advisors. Right. So sometimes you know you're 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 tripping over, you know, nickels to get. What, what's the saying? You're, you're <laughs> tripping over, over dollars, dollars to pick up, up nickels. Um, well, pennies. Pennies. Oh, pennies. Okay. <laughs> right. So I mean, you don't want to do that. Clearly, you, you want to get help. I mean, we're sharing with you concepts here that are 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 extremely helpful. I mean, mm-hmm. if you and if you are doing it yourself, if you implemented any of the things that we're talking about. You'd be significantly better off than what caused the average investor in these studies to to get one percent right in a bond right. uh, and and three uh, percent instead of eight percent in the S and P over the last twenty years. Those are the causes. It's, it's that it's not that the knowledge isn't out there. That not that it's not freely available. Not that people who are out there trying to manage this stuff aren't reasonably intelligent people. No, that isn't the point at all. No. It's that they tend to get caught up in the emotions of investing, and we just kind of went through that cycle. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like the discipline thing, right? I mean, we talked about it, I think, from time to time. When a doc- you go to a doctor and you're asking the doctor, hey, how can I be healthier, right? The doctor says, well, first thing you can do is eat right and exercise. And actually, we already, already know that. We don't need the doctor to tell us that. The problem is that the doctor can't do that for us. Right, right. The doctor can't go and eat, eat right and make you exercise, but with your investments, that is actually something you can delegate. You can have somebody, you know, hold you to a, a particular system, and make sure you remain disciplined, so that you get the results that you deserve. And Ethan, well, I want to make one more comment. We're talking a lot about investor psychology here. Mm-hmm. Um, the decisions that we make, and another interesting study I, I uh, was looking at. The decisions we make are largely affected by our mood. And so if we're in a good mood, uh, studies show that we tend to mm-hmm. be more open to risk-taking. Mm-hmm. If we're in a bad mood, we tend to be less open to risk-taking. 
So if, I don't know, I, I, many of us have experienced this, Jesus, if we're in this particular mood, um, we might be more or less inclined to make a purchase right. of sorts. Sure, that makes sense. Right. And so it's another reason that, yeah, you may be, again, uh, on the rational side, if you can stay in that realm, you may understand a lot of these concepts about rebalancing, right, or diversification or asset allocation, things that we'll talk, we continue to talk about on the show that you don't hear guys like Jim Cramer or people on CNBC talk about. Because yeah, that's yeah. not how they're, you know, they don't, it's not how they sell advertising or sell whatever it is they're selling. Right. But those are the real keys to success. Yeah, that's, and that's right. If if your mood, if you're making decisions based on your mood, so when you come across the news, if you're in a very down mood about the U.S. economy or the world economy, and you, we talked about, you also tend to grab it, articles that come to you that kind of match up with your mood right. or what you tend to believe, which is another problem. Yeah, you know, real quick, let's, yeah. let's go on that mood thing. You know, okay. it, looking at the bottom of the market in 2009, you know, March 1st rolls around, and you imagine this, thus far you've, you've held the course with your diversified portfolio. Maybe, right. maybe you're 60, 40, uh, you know, 60% stocks, 40% bonds. And you're near March 9th, the market low, and no one's feeling good about investing at that point, right? Right. If you're making the decisions at, around, and it's funny how that, the timing is, is usually the, the least opportune time to be making those types of decisions. That's right. You feel terrible about the market. You feel terrible about your, terrible about your investments. And then you make the decision, you know what, I'm just going to get rid of my equity. I'm just going to sell my stocks. Yeah. I'm going to just jettison my equity from my portfolio until, until things seem clearer and I feel better about investing. Yeah. And can you actually have the numbers from, I think, the S&P and some other portfolios from the March, March 9th low, right? Right. And if you had done that, what would you be giving up? You know, it's well, we just ran these through September 30th. And so these are some of the globally diversified portfolios that we construct. Right. And we've built that data set. And if you want a copy of this, give us a call. At, yeah, uh, or email. Or email us. Or you can email me directly, ksmith at empiricalfs.com. And uh, or contact at empiradio.com, I guess either. Sure. Whatever you whatever you prefer. But the the numbers on this, if you look from the March, and we run this on a monthly basis. So what we have is the the, the market bottomed on March 9th of two thousand nine. We've got it from March first, which was just a little before the bottom. Right. But if you look at our, um, we call it kind of a we 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 run multiple types of equity portfolios, sure. as you know, Ethan, that we build for clients. Each of those portfolios have different levels of exposure to asset classes like small companies, value companies, emerging markets. Mm -hmm. So our kind of middle-of-the-road equity portfolio, we call our moderate you know, deviation from a, just a S&P 500 type of U.S. portfolio. And that portfolio from March 1st to the end of uh, September 30th here, the rebound has been 86.52%. Um, now, if we, that's a, we call our moderate, if we go to our high uh, or aggressive portfolio uh, that's got a lot of emerging markets, it's got a lot of small companies, it's got a lot of value style companies, international. Yeah. You know, the juicy stuff, it's up uh, 101%. Holy mackerel. Over 100% from the period uh, March 1st through the end of September 30th. Where's your cash register, Ken? Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> There you go. I mean, just but just imagine yeah. you're, you're two of them, 100 percent return on that portfolio since 
Thank you. Thank you very much. Stop it. I'm just glad it's, to be it's here. It's too much. It's too much. <laughs> No, but, but seriously. No, seriously. You, you yeah. get out of the market because you feel terrible about stocks and investing. And then you look back now and having – when did you make that decision? And under what circumstances did you make that decision to cash in your stocks? Yeah. It was obviously a, a very poor decision to do that because you well, and, and let's look. I mean there's this idea of the lost decade and all these gold commercials, all this nonsense. But if you look the last 10 years on those portfolios, the moderates up 7% per year per annum. Uh, the high, the aggressive – is 10.7% per year for the last 10, 10 years. years. Amazing. Let's pause. All these portfolios, equity, these are all equity. Just to give you the example, we can go through some of the are positive right. uh, Five last five years, the last one year, and year to date. So, uh, well, the S&P for the last 10 years, yeah, it's it's averaged a negative uh, 0.43. But even if you're just a you're, you're an investor who simply holds for your equity piece just the S&P index, right. and you sold on March 1st, you get, and you haven't bought back into stocks yet. You you gave up what is it sixty some percent return between now and then? Right. Uh, that's what we're talking about here. So it's th- yeah, it's not about tooting our own, our own horn about how great these are. Right. It's making the right decisions at the right times. That's the right. important thing. It, it, we, we didn't need Jim Cramer. We didn't need. You know, we were putting things in the vault. The CEO of Pimco, uh, or any of these guys making predictions to right. say, hey, you know, there's there's. In the long term, this is how you build a portfolio, and it takes an incredible. To be successful requires an incredible amount of discipline, not an incredible amount of smart people timing you in and out of the market, right? Um, or you trying to do it on your own. And, and if you gave up in stocks around March, I mean, you, you, it really seemed things seemed bleak at that point. I mean, very bleak. Right. I was. We were all around that time, and things didn't sound or feel very good at all. But the fundamental reasons why stocks do what they do over time didn't evaporate because the market wouldn't turn very low. No. Future returns are actually never expected to be higher than at that point, probably. And now we've realized that looking, looking, looking back in time here now. Yeah. And interestingly, this pattern, we've studied in various newsletters and things, looking at the, the history of recessions. This is the type of, of patterns that, that exist out there and why you shouldn't be selling a diversified portfolio at the bottom of the market, even though you feel like doing it. Right. Be disciplined. What more can we say here? <laughs> <laughs> hey, where's the horse? Let's vlog it. I mean, I, I think you are, are hammering this thing. <laughs> Simon, but, Simon's saying that we have about two more minutes. Is that right? Okay. So let's talk a little bit for this minute and a half that we have or two minutes about uh, what's inside of these portfolios. I mean, we look at a 60-40. We're, we're, we're just saying building a globally diversified portfolio. And uh, maybe we'll start to define that. But if we look at a 60-40 portfolio, I mean, again. So that's, that's 60% stocks, 40% bonds. Right. And the equity piece you're talking about is globally diversified. Yeah, that's right. It's kind of a moderately aggressive mm-hmm. mix. Um, your middle-of-the-road, uh, moderate kind of equity part of that 60-40. I mean, for the last uh, 10 years, 7.28%. Per year. Per year. So... Um, since 1970, if we link that back, you know we're using we're using live uh, funds or investments as far as we can. Then we link that back to indices, and we subtract out management expenses, mm-hmm. um, at least fund management expenses, not advisor expenses from this data. Right. But we're giving you an idea relative to just a simple S and P um, bond index. You know, over that period, how you know just staying the course. Uh, and I mean the S and P, the sixty forty S and P bond index was up since nineteen seventy. It's averaging nine point six. Mm-hmm. That's not too bad for someone who stayed disciplined and rebalanced. 
right. know, annual rebalancing. Mm-hmm. So hey, we, we're gonna we're gonna take a break, and we come back. We got nine minutes. Let's start talking a little bit about how we diversify this stuff out. Let's do it. All right, we'll be right back. markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Holistic living is nutrition for not just your body, but your mind and your soul. Holistic nutrition goes far beyond the foods that we eat or the supplements that we take. Discover natural means to heal your body and regain your innate healing powers. That's Holistic Living with Tina Marie Jones on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Tune in for your weekly dose of good holistic living. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right, so uh, we're back. We are back. You better believe it. We got nine minutes, Ethan. We got a lot of stuff. Oh, this is the last segment, right? We want to squeeze every ounce of juice out of this thing. All right. Hey, before we get to that, before we run out of time, all right. I just wanted to remind everybody that um, who's listening to the show, if you'd like to uh, come into the office and have us do a uh, portfolio checkup, we'd love to have you in. Yeah. And, and, and if you're to... not in our local area, we'll do it remotely. That's right. It's not a problem. Not a problem. <laughs> 
And, uh, you know, one thing that I, I would add to that, other than just a, sort of the portfolio analysis and uh, maybe some recommendations, um, I would throw in, to be honest with you, a bit of a tax review and a cash flow plan. In a side order of cash flow? That's right. Oh, uh, yeah. And the reason for that is, you know, that's how we, we typically do things here at Empirical, where we're not just looking at one element of your, our clients' financial lives. We're looking at the whole, the whole picture. And, right. And a lot of times these things individually get overlooked. You know, they, they're doing things in isolation creates some inefficiencies, in my experience, that, um, that can be overcome by doing, you know, developing an integrated plan. So, you know, in other words, you want to be looking at your portfolio for not only from just an investment perspective, but from a tax perspective, for example. Yeah. You know, doing it, uh, doing things with your portfolio for the right reasons and also having the right allocation based on your need and ability to take risk, which means, let's, hey, let's look at a cash flow plan. What do I actually need my portfolio to do? Oh, yeah. So I just want to remind everybody of that. And again, our, our contact information is uh, contact at empiradio.com or 800-254-0398. Write down that number. You're going to need it. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, uh, Ethan, we were talking about how to uh, start this. Um, just to recap, I like to recap when we come back from the breaks. I don't know. They're long breaks in our end. Like on the listeners' end, they're probably, oh. what, 30 seconds? Yeah. Two minutes? Okay. So that's like like ten minutes. All right. Well, anywho, we were talking about um, you know the the fact that investors need to have discipline mm-hmm. in essence, and it's the emotional things that we talked about as to why the study, the Stalbar study that shows investors have done so poorly. Um, but we also wanted to talk a little bit about uh, you know how we're building portfolios. We cited some yeah. pretty phenomenal numbers here, which were not the the portfolio numbers that we put out. Um, are using investments that you know we mix together that are not your traditional stock picking type of market timing investments. The Wall Street garbage that's been dumped on people for years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's actually uh, in terms of dollars invested, one of the one of the less used um, of, you know, of this investor group that we're talking about. So you have these average investors and they've done horribly. Mm-hmm. It's only about 15 to 20% of the investors who stick to a strategy like we're using, right. using the types of investments that we're using. Mm-hmm. That explains why they're not doing better than the indexes relative to uh, doing worse. Right. Okay. So what we're doing is we're using investments and we talk about those kinds of returns that are more passively managed. We call them structured asset allocation funds or structured funds. Um, they're diversified funds that have extremely low costs inside of them. We never recommend that an investor pay a load of any kind, front end, back end, sideways end, up end, down end. We, there, there's no reason to have any kind of sales commission built into any kind of investment product. Yeah, I mean, we've seen those those types of funds where really what you're doing, you're just giving extra return up, money you don't need need to give up. You can keep that money in your in your portfolio, in essence. Yeah, I mean, no need to just pay it to pay, you know, unnecessary loads and, and commissions and things on that, like that. So jumping into something else here, Ethan, real quick. Uh, I want to finish up. We've been giving out a list each week of we had seven thing, seventeen things we put down. One of those was don't be lured in by Wall Street products or propaganda and don't follow the herd. Sure. And I think we just covered that in this show. That was number fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 15, manage your emotions and understand investment psychology. We talked a lot about that today. That's all we've been talking about. Number 16, account for inflation. And number 17, 
manage taxes. And I'm just going to throw those out because as we progress on through the rest of this, I think we'll cover those as well. Okay. Uh, and I say that because the investment products that we're using, being that they're more of a structured, that's, I mean, the most, I think one of the most important decisions you can make is what kind of investments am I going to use? Mm -hmm. um, and it typically should be at the actual end of your process. You should start with the things we talked about before on the show. What what kind of investor am I? What's my time horizon? Am I aggressive? Am I moderate? Am I conservative? Um, what kind of return do I need? Yeah, exactly. And then how do I assemble a group of investments together that give me the greatest likelihood, not the promise, because there's very few things that do that, mm -hmm. of me getting to it, but the greatest likelihood, with the least amount of unessential risk in the portfolio. That's what that's what advisors do. Yep. That's our job. Is yeah. a, a prime if you kind of distill it down is to help investors do that and then give them the discipline to stick to that plan mm -hmm. throughout that period of time. So the investments that we're using when I'm citing these numbers um, are investments that not all of them are available to the retail public, but that you you could capture them uh, reasonably close through index type of funds. Um, exchange-traded funds that are more index-styled funds. And so we're not saying, well, geez, the returns came from some phenomenal um, guru picking stocks, right? Right. So I just wanted to make that point as we're saying, hey, you can capture, first of all, you can capture market returns, and by you can have the ability to enhance your return over just a general stock market index like the S&P, um, 500, or the Dow Jones is what everyone knows, by simply expanding uh, your your set of choices right. to, from large companies to small, own some small companies. So these are the building blocks of, hey, if I'm going to start to build a portfolio, I want to get my stock and bond mix right, something we can help people do. Mm -hmm. Of that, how should I work on my stock mix? I, I don't want to be in a situation where I, I don't know that I'll get the market returns I deserve, first of all. Right. Mm -hmm. By being in, the first thing is, hey, we're not going to own a bunch of one sector of the market only, and we're not going to own it in a, in a way that you or yourself are picking individual stocks or someone else is hopefully trying to beat the market by picking stocks. We want to have a diversified fund that owns hundreds, if not thousands, of stocks to capture that element. Mm -hmm. So part of that is you need to know what the stock market looks like. You need to know if I owned everything. What would that look like? Um, and then once you do that, you can, as you can buy indexes that basically capture the entire world now, for the most part, the developed and emerging market part yep. of the equity side. And you can buy bond market indexes that capture pretty good portions of the bond market. So we don't have a lot of time. Either we got one minute. Do you have anything to add? To uh, you know, just expanding a bit real right. quick on your, you know large and small stocks. I'll say it explicitly, you know, having international versus just domestic stocks. Right. Also including some emerging markets and likely some REITs and maybe even a little bit of commodities. Those are all things that regular investors can have access to through passively managed vehicles, either mutual funds or ETFs. Right. They're incredibly tax efficient, incredibly cost effective in the way of the expenses inside of those funds that you don't see and the expenses that are explicit or that are, are the expense ratios or what most people do see. Right. Um, both of those are equally as important mm -hmm. to one another. And so we focus on investments that have very, very low costs and very, very high tax efficiency. Mm -hmm. Well, Ethan, we're running out of time. There's so much more I wanted to talk about. We're going to have to do it next week. All right. Um, but uh, we'll keep the dream alive. We hope you all have a, a great week. 
and uh, we'll see you soon. Take care. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. Please join us again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you next week. The advice given on this show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended as investment advice. Please consult a financial advisor before undertaking any investment decisions. While the show's producers have tried to provide accurate and timely information and have relied on sources they believe to be reliable, the show may include inadvertent technical or factual inaccuracies. Ken Smith and Ethan Broga do not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the materials provided and expressly disclaim any warranties or merchantability or fitness for a particular purpose. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.